Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Finding Your Freedom podcast. Um, <laughs> depending when you're listening to this, maybe you'll know that there was a delay, and I'm sorry for that, but I'm excited to get you guys this episode all about creativity and all of those things. Um, I'll just, I guess, give a few updates and then tell you about our guest and get into the show. Um, I am looking for another new coaching client. That's just a fun thing coming up. Um, as far as my life, um, (laughs) yeah, there, potentially next week there will be an episode soon expanding more on the, uh, which I kind of guess I did last week, gave a life update, but there's going to be another one more about the specifics of something that, happened in January and my perspective because I think a lot of people have gone through this and hold shame or hold stigma for it and I'm all about fuck shame (laughs) get rid of shame so stay tuned for that episode and I hope hope everyone's doing okay um hope everyone's I don't know sending themselves love and all the things life has been very fucking crazy for (laughs) me all of 2021 and I'm excited hopefully I don't even want to say hopefully I'm excited for things to shift and change and to be in New York soon and in a more just normal life thing that I'm doing Um, I feel like I've been in Boston purgatory for three months and I'm pretty ready to skedaddle (laughs) so yeah I just want to tell you about the guest and then get into the episode. I just want to apologize up top. There's a couple a couple noise issues with the episode was super good and super informative. Um so we didn't want to record again and you know, I put in my my hardcore editing work to get it, you know, as good as good as possible, but there is a little bit of noise stuff. Just wanted to tell you guys up top with that one. Um yeah, but it's just it's a great episode about creativity and kind of something we really dive into is kind of the intersection of creativity and trauma and how those things go together, which I don't think, you know, maybe a lot of people think about that a lot. And I I thought it was just a really interesting conversation um, about, you know, being the creators of our own life. Like, what is creativity and, you know, what types of things block us and our society and in you know, our own mind and our limiting beliefs and the things that we carry. So I will tell you guys about today's guest. Um, Anna Paula Munez is a peak performance coach and intuitive. She supports overachieving women create a life they love without giving up their freedom, success, and delight for life. In the past three years, Anna Paula has led one-on-one group retreats around the world in Bali, Mexico, and multiple cities around the U.S. Her expertise combines a beautiful meld between architecture, mind-body-spirit connection, and the advanced leadership training. Anna Paula is an expert in unraveling the root cause of human patterns and supporting clients to redesign their internal and external realities and ways of being. Um, yeah, so that is, that is Anna Paula. So check her out and we will get right into the episode. 
So the first question I ask everyone, because it's the Finding Your Freedom podcast, is what have you been finding your freedom from lately? Finding my freedom from? Hmm. Um, I actually find so much freedom in my practices, like my morning practice, for example. Um, I'm right now in a very um it's like a heavier work sprint let's say and it's so important for me to have this practice and have this structure that's still a little bit flexible but still a structure that allows me to flow through everything that gets to be done every day so there's definitely freedom in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think you, you think of freedom sometimes as like, you know, everything is so structured and I need freedom from that. But sometimes the most freeing thing can be being grounded and finding practices that ground you. And that actually allows you to, you know, access more of your freedom. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd love to hear kind of your story. Like, you know, how did you start working with creativity and helping other people connect to theirs? And yeah, just your kind of journey into this, this work. Absolutely. Absolutely. So first, I, creativity has always been a key part of me. Um, and I have a background in architecture. And I worked for a really famous architect uh, a few years ago. Um, well, it's been a while now. Uh, quite a few years ago, and uh, I, I've always been creating, like a creatrix, and it's a passion of mine, and since leaving architecture, because it was no longer in alignment to my calling, or what I really felt was aligned to me, and my heart, and the way that I wanted to impact the world, um, I transitioned into coaching and um, energy healing and uh, more of the inner work, like your inner architecture and inner or life design. And it's been uh, another way in which I get to express my creativity and allow for others to discover their creativity and be able to see how like everyone has the opportunity to be the creatrix or creator of their reality and really shift what they are experiencing by shifting their perspective, right? So it's really like your experience of your now moment is really just the perspective that you have, like the glasses that you're wearing to be able to see that reality. And you can literally <laughs> begin to switch different glasses as you learn and expand like learn different things about yourself but then also expand on your perception of the world and other people and uh, the way that you're seen the way that you're received the way that you communicate and uh, the boundaries that you keep so all of these things create they're kind of like the framework for the way in which you experience life. And then it also affects the way in which others experience you and then the way in which you experience others experiencing you. So it's a full circle. And um, anyways, I went a little bit off tangent, but it's just showing how passionate I am about 
uh, creating realities and uh, the power that we have to be the creator of our own reality. So, yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, I think it's so interesting coming, kind of coming from architecture. I don't know if you can hear the blender in the background if you can. I'm sorry about that. Um, but um, yeah, coming from the background of architecture, I think that's really interesting. I know, you know, I don't know if you know of her, like Danielle Page, the astrologer. I think she also yeah, came we from went architecture. together. <laughs> you what? We, when I was living in LA, we would dance salsa together sometimes. Oh, amazing. I also, re-looking at your email, I saw the thing about salsa. So I was like, I want to ask her about salsa later. But that's so oh interesting. God, so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I just... Finding um, freedom. <laughs> that is a, a big one that unfortunately we... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I find find so much freedom from from dance. So I can only imagine salsa is like a really good really good outlet for that um but yeah I think it's really cool when we look back at people's stories and we see kind of like the thread or the trail of like you know like architecture makes so much sense and then kind of shifting it to internal architecture and I think kind of what Danielle Page said about architecture too is like so interesting how like there's always this thread that has like a bit of truth in what you know, what is more aligned for like our soul's passion. And we like, we start out with the almost like the most societal, societally acceptable way to, to be that thing sometimes, which is super interesting. Um, and I love the thing you said about, you know, wearing different lenses and different glasses, because I think it's so interesting that, you know, we can be going through the same exact circumstances and the way I think about it. And I think other people think about what I'm going through can be so, so different. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and also the way in which you think other people receive you could be really different um, than the truth, you know? So that's why also feedback is really important and being able to, to reflect back to each other and have like a great communication practice. So yeah, there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Just like an interesting question kind of came from that for me. Do you think that people think people see them the way that they see themselves? Um, I feel like some people may, may feel that, but in reality, like, that perspective would be distorted, you know, if you really think that everyone sees you how you see you. And then that gets a little scary if your relationship to self is, is not good, um, you know. And, and I feel like when you have a bad relationship with yourself and a lot of negative self-talk and things like that, it's likely that because you have that negative self-talk, you probably push away from others and you decide to, you know, shelter or be kind of in defense mode so that when you relate with others, you're kind of defending yourself all the time versus actually coming with an open heart and, um, and really wanting to, to meet uh, heart to heart with someone else. And, and that can be perceived by the other person, even if it's a subtle thing, uh, you know, so many things can be perceived because our nervous systems this is really interesting. Oh, you'd like this. So <laughs> our nervous systems 
start communicating before our words you know it's like from the outside of us like even even right now we're having a conversation with words we're having a conversation a little bit with like our eyes and our expressions and our hands and whatnot and we're having a conversation with our nervous systems like my nervous system right now feels stable and safe and i feel good and i feel like you feel good so it's like our nervous systems are communicating and establishing like yes there is a safety here and we're good <laughs> yeah yeah that's so interesting it, it's interesting when people just talk talk about nervous system stuff and neuroscience stuff because i've learned uh-huh. things about it i have such a mental picture of like brain areas and like different things that are happening with that thought but it's you know it's completely right before you ever say something to someone you're thinking you're bringing up memories of the person memories of someone like this person and emotions attached to those memories about the person like there's just so much that comes up before you even speak to another person yeah exactly and I mean, that's why it's so important to also know your nervous system intimately. Like, what are your triggers? What are the things that bring you back into balance? What are, how can you, can you know and can you tell? Are you aware if you're in fight or flight or if you're in like a dorsal vagal, like, which is more depressive, kind of sad state, or in a sense of well being? Like, are you aware of when your body is shifting? And I feel like awareness for everything is number one. So, yeah. 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 (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't agree more with awareness. I, you know, just have friends or people that I know that kind of like start to get into this work of, you know, personal development, self-discovery. And I can think of so many friends that have said to me, like, I know I keep doing this thing and like, I don't know how to stop. And I'm like, well, you know, you're, you know, you're doing this thing. And before you had no idea you were doing this. So you're making like so much progress just by knowing that you keep repeating this similar pattern. Oh my gosh. Yes. Awareness of your pattern is the first step towards healing it. It's so important because then you can, you're on your own side now, right? You can officially tell yourself, Oh, that's me in the pattern again. And you have the capacity to choose or interrupt it or get support around it. You know, there's so much. Definitely. Um, Yeah. So just kind of going from like creativity and just kind of like, I guess, defining it in a way, like how do you define creativity and kind of what would you say, like, what is the creative process? Okay. So the create, I mean, the creative process Honestly, I feel like it varies for everybody. Um, I know that's not the answer that most people want to hear because that leaves you still like, what's mine? Well, to, I guess every that because you get to discover what, um, but that just gives you an opportunity to see that your path to your creativity gets to be a really intimate experience where you can discover more about yourself. And we're all about self-discovery. So um, ways in which you can discover what your type of creativity is would be to really start tuning in to the ways in which, actually, the first thing that I'd say is look at your past. Look at ways in which you've unconsciously been creating in your past and see what effect that has had, right? So 
look at your experience as a creatrix or a creator um, and see, okay, how do you create um, the experiences in your life? How are you responsible for the relationships that you have? How have you brought forth um, or come to, com how have you uh, completed projects before? How have you created businesses before? How have you, all of the things, and just really begin to analyze and see, wow, okay, what is my pattern for creativity and what are the main ways in which I tend to create something? And I feel like that would be the first step. And once you start seeing the different steps that you take, you can start seeing that things are actually more of a process than you think that they be. And once you see the process, you're able to see what's not working within the process. You're able to see what gets to be shifted or what could be made even better, you know, because you're now aware of the process and it's your own natural process. So it won't feel like you're adding some constraint or some weird rule set that is like external to you, but actually something that's really beneficial to who you are and how you naturally do things. So that would be a really beautiful way for anyone to begin their discovery of how to explore their creativity and what their creativity is. Um, so yeah, that'd be that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love the idea of like getting back to your natural natural creativity or like your natural natural creative blueprint. Um, I guess mm -hmm. something that comes up for me and I know um, just reading more about you that you kind of work with like high performers and creativity. Um, so I'm kind of interested because I can think of a lot of people in my life that if I ever called them creative, they would say, I'm not creative. I'm, you know, analytical or, you know, like math minded or science minded or whatever um, people say. And I, I'd be curious, like, what would you say to the people that are like, you know, I'm not creative. I haven't been creative since elementary school art class. Like, I don't know how to be creative. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So you are also creative <laughs> and you are, so for them, it's so beautiful when, and, and I've worked with some people like this before where it's actually like they get to play. Like it's, it, it's an opening into realizing how, first of all, you've been creating everything you've ever created. You've created the reality that you're experiencing right now, you know? So that's one. And if the reality, of course, there are things that go into that that we can't get into right now. Of, um, but anyways, so the, the manifest experience that you're seeing is your of your creation and some people don't want to accept that or admit that because of responsibility and whatnot but let's say you want to take responsibility for everything around you and you're able to really see the world from a perspective of how am i sourcing this how am i creating this so that's one level of creativity and creativity is not just art in art class it's like you're creating the world around you so Okay, I just realized I'm starting to sound like a broken record there. So I'll use a different example. Um, so I, I, I'm creative in the sense of art class and creative in the sense of manifestation. And it's really different. And it's also, it's like a different energy that 
are, are your is your audience like attuned or, or able to feel into energy like would they resonate with energy things yeah I mean I feel like on this podcast I kind of just I don't know throw things at them and they're <laughs> they learn by hearing people talk about them so if they're not familiar I'm sure they'll become familiar okay. <laughs> and be excited about it okay so we're made of energy and um basically it i hold on the name make it super simple um, okay so let's let's scratch that it, it might just get confusing if, if there's if they don't have a background in it i feel like that could be a lot thrown at them. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they would probably understand, but I, I think I'm like kind of getting what you're saying as far as one of them is in my mind, at least like one of them is like an imaginative, like daydreaming type of creative, like dreaming and creating the life you want, like kind of in your mind. And then mm -hmm. another one is kind of like, you know, like creative action and like creating creative projects and there's like two types kind of of creativity yeah. with that yeah so okay so I'll just answer your question again for the ones that for for the ones that feel like they're just not creative and they're highly analytical um I I want to invite them to to try to first of all see where they have been creative in their life, not creative in the art sense, but creative in what they create into their reality. And that might look like, um, like if they're in school creating amazing grades, if they are out of school or in, in a relationship, creating a relationship and just really noticing how you're actually creating all the time and how you can actively intend to create and you're actively intending things whether you're conscious of that intention or not and um i want to highlight that and zoom in a little more into that because um uh, so often and this happened to me growing up uh i didn't have the intention of certain dreams that i have now uh because i grew up in a family that said you go to school, you do this, you do that, and you check all these boxes, and then you you get the job and you, you know, just all of the check boxes of life. And I followed those check boxes for a while, like college, grad school, um, you know, great, great job, famous architect, uh, great career, top of my class, like all the things. And then, um, and then I realized it wasn't the right thing for me. Like it wasn't call, like it wasn't making my heart sing. <laughs> and that's not the life that I wanted to lead. So while I created all of that, regardless of if I was good at art or not, um, and obviously I was like, obviously I was good at um, also analytical things because being an architect, you know, I can be very, very analytical and I love analytical things. And I am also very creative, like creative in the traditional sense. But 
it doesn't matter. The point is that you can see all of the things that you've created and whether or not it was an intentional creation. Up until the moment that I said, I'm going to, uh, to leave this career and create something else, I, like, I knew I could create, but my intention for creating had been guided by like structures and preconceived beliefs and conditions that weren't real. Like they weren't mine. So I was conditioned to create that reality. And the moment I realized that it wasn't really serving me, that it wasn't really mine, it wasn't nourishing my soul. So I got to be really honest with myself and see okay well this isn't it we thought it was we thought it was we had believed it and it wasn't and uh so what do i get to do now you know i have a great job i it looks really good outside everyone's really proud of me people love sharing things like great but what about what about my experience of my life so then i got to be honest with myself and say well that's what's important to me and I have other dreams, other ideas, other things that I want for myself. And it does not involve, um, you know, while this is amazing, it's not the way in which I want to impact the world. I feel like I can impact the world in a different way and a way that nourishes me and a way that really, like I get to fully express all of my gifts and whatnot. And we all have gifts. You have gifts, I have gifts, and it's great. So, um, so basically I took the leap, you know, and I got to say, okay, this is what I'm now going to create. This is what I feel like I want and, and the way in which I feel I can impact. And I'm going to take the first few steps and one step at a time. I started going towards what I now wanted to create my intention the way that I wanted to live my life versus what looked good for parents or uh, family structures, or even just, um, you know, woman, <laughs> woman in the world in this, with this career and so on. So it's like all of these things got to, like all of the external stories got to be on hold and actually pushed away. And it's like, okay, that's no longer important. So how can I now actually create what I want and, and the, the life that I want? And it took, it took a lot of courage, you guys. And it was so worth it. So worth it. Um, like, serious, like incredibly, incredibly worth it. Because you start investing in yourself. You start uh, trusting yourself and getting to know what you deeply want and desire. And that's what starts coming up into your life. That's what starts appearing in your reality. And those opportunities, those doors will open when you trust yourself. A hundred percent. And I think, I think for me, when I realized that like everyone was creative and was able to like reclaiming my creativity for me was a really big moment of reclaiming my power again, because I had, you know, I'd, I'd excelled in like, I guess, math and science classes and, you know, when I was growing up. So I was told I was that person. So my reality became, I am this person, not a creative person. And I decided that 
I wasn't one anymore because of what I had been told. So I think it's so interesting, you know, just all the ways we get so far away from our creativity. Do you think kind of just like societal expectations, beliefs from our family, like those are the main things that keep us so far away from our creativity and our power? Yeah, I mean, those are heavy. And then there's also traumas, you know, multi-generational traumas, there's early childhood traumas, early childhood traumas, what mostly, I would say, almost always creates the main patterns from which you're running and leading your life. So uh, yeah, if you're just going through life, following the steps that you're not even sure whose steps they are, um, you're probably following, you know, one of those (laughs) and not really checking in with yourself. Like what feels good? What do you want? Yeah. And I think it's so interesting because I don't know, just like in the mainstream world, when you think of creativity, you would never think of creativity and like trauma kind of coming up in the same conversation, um, you know, for the most part. And I think that is super interesting to kind of like blend those conversations of like how like, you know, kind of healing trauma, you can like reconnect to your creativity and like I don't know my mind's just going out of a ton of different places like art therapy for trauma and a bunch of different things oh yeah I mean creativity and trauma yeah I mean there's art therapy and all of these uh, amazing modalities Uh, but even just what you shared now there are so many ways in which trauma can hinder you from wanting to express yourself in any way so that, of course, can, can stop your creativity. And it's even, even little things that may have happened when you were little of not being acknowledged when you created something or um, someone being very critical of your creations, you know, can create um, an interpretation as a child. Like you create something, you're four or five. It's like, hey, mom, hey, dad, check this out. And they, they just shush you away. Or they say, okay, well, you made a mess, now pick it up. Or whatever the case is, it creates a, this is not okay. So then if it happens multiple times or impactful, if it's impactful enough for the child and every child is different sensitivity, it can create a pain and and a, a trauma that then you take on and throughout your development, it's woven in very sneakily it's woven in and you and you have this unconscious belief that it's not safe to create it's not safe to to be imaginative to make a mess to whatever and you conform to this rule set because as a child if your parents are not okay or if they're upset that's a problem for you and it's a, an existential problem like you could die Um, it it goes very extreme for kids like things can go into like it can become life and death very easily Uh, because if mom's not okay then what's going to happen to me right so uh yeah definitely and I I think it's so interesting just with like kind of like the the micro trauma of like maybe your art being dismissed or something like that in forms of creation Um, but I think it's also interesting when you think of like you know big t traumas like you know, physical abuse or sexual abuse. And I I think 
especially I'm just having a thought now kind of related to sexual trauma. And I know there's like a big conversation in kind of the spiritual space and, you know, starting to be maybe a little bit more mainstream on how, um, you know, our like sacral chakra is like so connected to creation and like trauma in that area and how that can be a block as well. So I think there's just like so many different, so many different things that can be blocking your creativity for so many different reasons. And people who've experienced trauma, you know, they, they don't trust themselves. They don't listen to themselves. They feel guilt. They feel like they're a, you know, a bad person. And none of that, none of those things are things that will make you thrive as a creator. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And I mean, and, and everyone relates to trauma in a different way, you know, like there's, there, there are some very creative people that have had a very traumatic life. And um, if, if, if you're listening to this and this is you, like it resonates, definitely, you know, there is support available for you. Um, Like that's, and I know that sometimes it might feel like like you're alone in the world with a particular trauma or you you can't share something or whatever the case is but uh there are people that are like that have dedicated their lives to supporting um the unraveling and the healing of different kinds of trauma so uh i just want to leave that there like you're not alone and um because yeah it can be when you're deep in it it can be a really scary process and there's ways to heal it definitely and I think that's a really great point you brought up too that for some people you know art like making art or you know writing poetry or something you know that actually is one of the ways they dealt with their trauma and you know some of that art and some of that poetry from those experiences are like the most beautiful and like painful and heartbreaking things to read and so beautiful in all of that. So I think, you know, every person gets affected the same way. And I, I really appreciate you saying kind of, if you're in that place, like there is help. Like, I think it's so important, especially the, you know, the past year, everyone has had to let people know Mm -hmm. that there's, there's hope and there's people that want to help and there's amazing therapists and healers. Like there's so many options for healing and like we're really at an exciting time with trauma research and really like moving things forward to really help people um, not just put a band-aid on their problems but like dramatically heal and like thrive again yes absolutely yeah um yeah from that I kind of just wanted to ask um I know last time we spoke kind of offline we were kind of just talking about um like work patterns and like the different types of like patterns people have um and how that affects kind of creativity so i'd love to you know touch more on like what those patterns are yeah um okay so one pattern that comes up just because i i gave a small example of a potential of it is uh, for example, the the child who what did we just say? The child who who is shut down by the parent or pushed away and not received and not seen in their genius and have and because of that 
they have to come in order to make things okay they have to conform to a certain rule set or a certain way of being that is okay and that's defined by the parent or society or whatever so that creates kind of like this rigidity in the system and it it's uh and, and you'll see people that have this a lot will like it even shows up in their body like it's very like very rigid and in corporate world you know we have a rigid society overall and you know even more in corporate now i feel like it's starting to change a little bit um but it's still pretty rigid and this rigidity impacts your creativity because you have to keep up with the rules, right? And there's certain ways and certain, certain, um, like I saw this in architecture a lot, and I guess it links back to what I said in the beginning of the interview, of structure also allowing for freedom. So that's, um, there's, there's an interesting balance there that I feel like it's really important. And I'd love to highlight it too, because it's something that I, um, I realized when I left architecture, I had a, more of this rigid thing going on. And throughout the years, it's been something that I then, I, I basically dropped the rigid and took on like everything is flow and became just this um, wonderful, <laughs> like it felt very good, like to be so flowy and delicious and like traveling and all the things. And then, um, there starts to be an imbalance, right? It's like you're just like in the corporate world or um, in the rigid structure, you're very much in like a hyper-masculine energy. And then uh, in the flow life, it's like a hyper-feminine energy. They're both, like the rigid is kind of pushing a little bit into the distorted, but there's a healthy, there's a healthy structure. There's a healthy masculine. We don't know it very well because, um, you know, societally we've been taught an unhealthy masculine and we've made the feminine not be, um, like the healthy feminine not be valued as much. And then the unhealthy feminine is shown all over the place as this big drama on TV and whatever. So we have all these different <laughs> perceptions and ways to see things. And I just want to tell you that there is a healthy feminine, there's a healthy masculine, and you can have both, right? So you need both. So if you don't have both in balance, something's off balance, you get to see what it is. But the healthy masculine looks like really beautiful uh, structure that is able to support and contain the fluidity of the feminine, right? So the fluidity of the feminine is what you would call maybe your creativity and that kind of sparkly energy of ideas and brainstorming and all the things that I think are really fun. Uh, like that's super fun, but you also need the deadlines, right? You also need um, the structure, the responsibility, like connection points and following up and whatever. So all of those things need to work together in order for you to complete a project or um, create a business or whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, if you have a hyper rigid thing, that would be you uh, pulling all nighters, not taking care of yourself, and 
um, just going through the motions like a hamster wheel. And then this hyper feminine flowy is like getting wrapped up in drama and in your emotions and not really taking ownership or power in creation. So that's a distinction there that I feel is really important because you need both. Definitely. And it's, it's interesting that you kind of told that story. Um, Cause I, I had a very similar experience when I, when I was in college, I was, I was pre-med and I was always a perfectionist and very, like, very intense. And then after I graduated, I really dove deep into my feminine um, and was just living in chaos <laughs> in a fun way, in a fun, good way. And I feel like I've been able to come back to a really, um, really more balanced state now. And it's, it's like such a great place to be, but I almost... I feel like I had to go to both extremes, like after being in the masculine, the unhealthy masculine for almost my whole life. Like I needed that, you know, a couple years of just being in the feminine and, you know, floating around and, you know, <laughs> doing random things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you now get to see, okay, like, what is it that you really want to create and how can you integrate both? And in, in their healthy version. So, yeah, you get to, to see what's healthy and what's not. Yeah, yeah. So I think with, like, some of the work patterns or patterns that we kind of talked about before, you were saying, like, maybe, like, the more the more rigid is kind of like an overactive, like, fight-or-flight response. And then you said that there was more of, like, a, a dorsal vagal response. Um which so, is depressed, kind of. No, so the, the rigid doesn't necessarily have to be in, in a fight or flight. Um, it depends on each person in which and their nervous system. But yeah, I feel like that pattern could show up in both ways because when you're like, when that pattern is active, it feels like everything is compressing into your body, like you're compressed in your experience of life and it becomes so overwhelming that it's almost like you can't move, like you're immobilized. This is somatically and this is if you're really in touch with your body. Uh, But like that's if you're consciously wanting to look at the pattern and how it feels. Um, If you're not so aware of your body, I feel like it it may just look like overwhelm and like you are like dropping all the balls, you know, like uh, dropping the balls and or going all the way into burnout. It's like being a productive, being productive in in it, but still really in the long run hurting your body. So definitely that kind of makes me think of like it hurts like it's it's sad that it's applauded like i remember in architecture school it's applauded to pull all nighters and it's like oh yeah like wow how many how many in a row do you have and it's like oh yeah so i remember those versions <laughs> ouch yeah i mean i guess my my thought process is just from my experience is kind of like um, like PhD or medical school, it's totally like the same mindset, especially medical school. It's like, <laughs> it's like, why are we excited to like trash our body for like four years? Like, can we just applaud getting sleep and not 
assign so much work that people aren't able to maintain their health when we're trying to help other people's health. Like it's just such a, I don't know, it's just such a, a mind fuck with all of that. Right. But um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I guess you encounter kind of like a lot of that rigidity in your work, but like what's another, I don't know, another like type of person that you see or work with often? Uh, another type of person that I work with often is the type that uh, constantly is pushing people away. <laughs> Basically, um, they feel like they've got it all together themselves. They don't know how to ask for support from their surroundings. And they're absolutely exhausted and feel like nobody has the capacity almost to support them in the way that they want it. And they push people away. Um, they, it's almost like they don't trust that the other person may be able to support them. So it, it's difficult to, to grow in a business and run teams if this, you know, if this is your pattern and it comes again from a deeper early childhood piece and being able to um, discern like what's what's in alignment for you, what feels good, what doesn't, and also being able to to truly see that though. Um, because you might feel it, but you're not fully checked into your body. You're kind of out here in your head and uh, like strategizing instead of actually stopping and coming back into the body. Like so many people are living in their heads and not connecting with the wholeness of their body. And I feel like that's missing out on so much intelligence. Like your, your whole body holds intelligence um, and gives you information and feedback about your environment, about your relationships, about every, every, everything. And like, most of the world is just up here and up here is where you make up all the stories and um, throw out all the projections and it's like made up world and in your body you can actually see and feel and experience life from a completely different way and and when you're in your body you can actually like let things kind of slow down you know and and tune in and see, okay, does this feel good? Is this relationship good for me? Is this opportunity the one that I was waiting for? Is this like, and, and you can come back to your center and to your core and begin to trust that your body's giving you information and, and telling you what you need in that moment. And sometimes what you need isn't necessarily what you want, um, but really beginning to trust and see, okay, yeah, this sounds like fun, but I feel this, you know, and that's priority. Like I get to take care of me or whatever the case is. So, so there's a lot of ignoring the body going on in the world. And yeah, if this reaches anyone and you start listening to your body, then <laughs> yes, <laughs> yay. Definitely. And I, I think like the thing you brought up about asking for help. Um, yeah, I think so many people struggle to ask for help. And I know I used to really struggle and I, I still struggle to ask for help. 
Um, and it is kind of, um, it is definitely something that I can trace back to, to childhood and different patterns. And I think a lot of people can of feeling like they had to do it all on their own or it wasn't safe to ask for help. So I think that is like just an important thing to bring up. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you feel like it's not safe to ask for help um, and there's no one safe around you, uh, I, I encourage you to to look for, for support, like go to therapy or find a coach or um, sometimes there's uh, counselors available and things like that. But, but if there isn't someone like a friend that you can call, you can find support in that other in those other ways. Uh, yeah, definitely. And I, I guess kind of like what I was talking about, maybe like the third type of person, like, is there a person that kind of comes to you that is um, just super low energy and kind of just depressed and I I mean I would say like disconnected from like their mind and also body like do you Mm -hmm. see that as well yeah like there's people that are outside like outside of their body altogether and um that's a that's a different pattern and it's more of a leaving pattern like you you escape reality like it's not and and that goes into a lot of different <laughs> segues that we can't go into right now, but, um, but yeah, that exists and they don't always, um, they're not always depressed. It's just, uh, but, but they feel very different than the other patterns um, in terms of energetic sensing. So like when I meet them, like when I meet someone, I get an idea of what's going on uh, just by meeting them like by feeling them and um, time people that are completely disconnected and out of their body it's actually a little bit difficult to connect with them because they're not really there like they're there but they're not there there you know they're not fully present they're not fully with you and it's difficult to make that link or that connection of like heart to heart Uh, so it's it's a process to come back into the body and many times um, what triggers this pattern is like a very trauma or experience traumatic pregnancy experience um, from mom and so there's there's things like that and and many times there's you know um, body things that might pop up. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to, I don't want someone that might have this to get triggered and feel, um, yeah, just get triggered and not know how to handle the trigger. So yeah. 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 When you said those kind of three patterns, I'm like immediately thinking back to nervous system things. And, um, um, I feel like the person that's overwhelmed kind of vibe gives me like kind of a freeze vibe. And then the person that doesn't want to ask for help is kind of like, a fight vibe and then the person that's out of their body is um kind of like a dissociative vibe so it is yeah. super interesting to kind of like make those connections and you know how is that also connected to being connected to yourself and being connected to creation yes absolutely um yeah i feel like it is all connected it's all woven together and uh, each one of each one of those different examples would 
look at life very differently and look at creation and being the creator of their reality very differently. Uh, so that's another reason why it's so important to be aware of, you know, where you stand and get to know yourself and, and um, begin to work through whatever is holding you back so you can begin to start seeing the life that you deserve and the life that you really want. Um, like you have that power to create that no matter what's been in your past, you know? Definitely. And I think that's just like such a powerful, you know, belief to start believing that you can create the life that you want, that it is possible. And I think when you really start to work with that, you see all the things that pop up that are telling you that that's not true. And that's like such an opportunity to work through those things and kind of talk back to your thoughts to be able to move forward with creating the life you want. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's an excellent opportunity. And even like if you're working with yourself, you can journal about it and start seeing, oh, this is what keeps happening here or there and start tracking it, start tracking your nervous system, start tracking what triggers you. Um, and if you can, def- if you can and you want to like move through things faster, work with someone and uh, find someone that you can really connect with, that you feel safe with that um that you feel like you can just express anything to and that's that will even like catapult your growth even more and um and yeah having trust with whoever you you are being supported by is essential definitely um yeah kind of from that i just wanted to kind of pivot and talk about i know we've like mentioned burnout a couple times so i kind of just wanted you know, kind of to talk about burnout and like how that happens, but also, you know, what are some of the issues kind of in our, our typical kind of masculine, unhealthy masculine nine to five structure and, you know, past five in a lot of settings that kind of like sets people up for this. Sets people up for burnout? Yeah. Sets people up for burnout. Yeah. So Okay. Um, issues with our structure is, so first off, there's people that are working in things they don't want to be working on, which makes them, makes like their energy output so much greater. So they get more exhausted because they don't want to be doing it to begin with. So that's one thing. It's like a misalignment there. The other thing is the relationship. So that's relationship to work and then relationship to home. So many times people finish work and then they go home and at home, it's like another job and it's never actually a full circle of, oh, now I can be relaxed. Now I'm in my like sanctuary and I'm going to just melt in my bath and delight. No, it's another whole working experience of like, make sure this is there, that is there, this other to-do list that you need to do so many times people end up going home doing some to do's and then getting distracted by a video game or shows or whatever you know some people go to substances and things like that so whatever the case is it's a distraction so noticing those pieces and then noticing okay if this is you like 
what changes do you get to make in your life to begin to shift that reality? Because it, it gets to be, I mean, unless that's what you really want, right? Like some people maybe just want that and they're fine. Um, but it's important to just keep asking yourself, what is it that you want to create? And is it this? Are you on track to what you want to create? Um, because yeah, if you just go through the motions societally, everything is structured to be a certain way. And, and yeah, you, you're probably not going to like that way all the time. And because it's not your way of your creation, you, um, your intentional creation, I will say, because it is your creation, your intentional creation, you um, will probably end up getting burnt out or upset or feeling victim-y about your life and whatnot. So yeah, that was making me think to a podcast I heard of someone talking about kind of this turning point moment where he was kind of just saying like, like everything changed for me when I realized that everything that had come to my life so far I had chosen and that, you know, that doesn't, some people can believe that, but I'm not going to say that that is true for like horrible traumatic events. I don't think that is true, but yeah. To take like radical ownership of like, oh, I fucking hate this town. I hate this job. I hate this relationship. Why did I, why did I choose all these things? And like, what am mm -hmm. I going to do with this information now mm -hmm. is super powerful. And I, I think in the nine to five structure, you're, you don't have a lot of time to question these things. If you're doing the, you know, you get off at five, maybe you go to the gym or you eat dinner and then you start having a couple drinks and then you watch Netflix and then you wake up and do it again. There's like never, a, there's not like a pause to be like, oh, mm -hmm. I've actually been miserable for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's so important to constantly be seeing and, and asking yourself if, if your life right now, how it is going, how it's been for the last month, if it's in alignment. Because if not, it will be 10 years and you'll be like, oh, I didn't check. <laughs> um, so check, <laughs> check today. <sighs> yeah, I would seriously, anyone who's listening to this show, you know, right now when it comes out, check in with yourself. Like, am I happy at my current work situation? Am I happy in my current town, my current relationship, my current community? And if the answer to any of those things are no, you know, like what's one small thing you can do today to take a step forward because it, it starts with just the awareness and small steps because mm -hmm. I know being in that place can be so overwhelming when you're like, I hate everything. <laughs> I think it's hard because we're sold this story in society our whole lives that, you know, like the nine to five thing, like that's, that's the thing. And like everyone works the same and you're supposed to be really productive during nine to five and that that works for everybody. And mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, honestly, we're sold safety and we're conditioned to fear change. So nine to five, and your dream life is changed so it does take courage yeah yeah I couldn't agree more with that of being sold safety and taught to fear change I think that 
that is super, super relevant. Um, yeah, to kind of like, I guess our last topics or things to end on. Um, I'd love to kind of talk about like, you know, what does it mean for you to, to be the creator of your life? And like, I think we've kind of touched on this again, but what are some ways that you think cra- like craving, claiming <laughs> your creativity helps you take your power mm-hmm. back? Ah, yeah. So claiming your creativity absolutely helps your helps uh, take your power back because you are reclaiming that you are, in fact, the creator or creatrix of your reality. And it's it's so, so empowering when you realize that you can create anything, that you can create the life you want and Uh, as you start trusting yourself more the doors will open and you'll start trusting that they'll open and you'll start like even counting on them opening and that what you need will be provided for and it it is like I can I'm telling you this from first experience and I see it in kids all the time and really really allow for all of that to start unraveling and working in your favor. So really seeing, okay, how is this, even just this perspective shift of how is this happening for me? And then like going from how is this happening to me to how is this happening for me to how is this happening through me? Like that's even more powerful. Uh, And then really allowing that to be like, whoa, everything. everything everything is happening through me and um that means that i can change anything at any point i can shift my perspective i can um make it even better make it easier make it more fun make it more playful make it more aligned and and that gets to be the kind of life that you live if you want it it's there that's what i'm choosing (laughs) Same, same. Yeah. And I, I think with that mindset too, I know something we talked about like, offline that I just wanted to mention, maybe my like word of inspiration. Another word of inspiration for people is, I know we talked about last time kind of businesses and like people that have different creative styles and different like types of work patterns and different types of, um, you know, work structures. I would just encourage you if you're I don't know, wanting to change something and seeing the flaws to, to keep, I don't know, to keep going with that. And I, we talked about last time, like, I really do think we need more, um, you know, millennial started businesses um, mm. and Gen Z to like kind of change the work structures that we've been operating in for yeah. way too long. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that you uh, highlighted that point. Uh, that's really interesting and really important for millennials and Gen Z to start their own businesses and be able to mold the next generation of, um, yeah, like a work culture and um, the way that this is for employees, right? Like not, not everyone is is 
uh, I won't say meant to be, but not everyone wants to be or yeah, is meant to be an entrepreneur. You know, it's it's a path for some people and that's okay. And some people want to be employees and they love it and they're amazing, amazing employees. And, um, and that's wonderful. And obviously, I'm assuming that most employees want to be treated well and want to have um, an amazing work culture and want to be appreciated and want to have feel like their boss thinks and feels like their lives matter and their wellness matters. I feel like that's something that's really shifting uh, with these newer generations being in corporate. And I feel like there's a big breakdown in corporate because it's still being run by other generations is okay, but it's okay if they're able to see the different culture that is um, and the different interests really that are, are coming up for these newer generations. So that's a really, really big deal because there's a lot of uh, millennials and Gen Zs that are not happy in corporate because uh, their work does not care about them in, in the way that they want to be cared for. <laughs> You know, they don't want to be another number. They they see themselves differently and they care about themselves differently. And um, I feel like that perspective shift has been uh, very, very um, pivotal and it's created a lot of frustration for other generations. And I think it's really important. I'm all for it. Um, and yeah, let's change it. Let's change it up. <laughs> yeah, I think you said it like all so beautifully and I'm all for the change too. And you know, hopefully some of the other generations will get on board with it eventually. Because <laughs> I well, think they get to learn that it's different. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Learn change is different. Mm-hmm. Change is good. And they're a little allergic to different, so that's why it's taking some time. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, well, yeah, this has been such a great conversation. Um, I guess just to kind of end off, Um, you know, first of all, I wanted to ask where people can find you, but just for like a fun question, um, you know, what are some like random fun ways that you connect to your creativity or people can connect to theirs? I know we talked about before kind of like salsa, Mm. um, being away. So just if you want to mention that and then where can people find you? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you. So ways in which I create, um, Uh, connect with my creativity are like before COVID it was salsa dancing that's so much fun for me Um, it's really um, unleashing different sides of my expression so it's awesome and encourage it once it's safe again Um, a way that I continuously create and express myself is through uh, painting like I love uh, watercolor painting and letting it be more of a free form sketch painting instead of like a very formal painting that I have to feel like it has to look a certain way. Just liking it as a fun, um, like one hour work, like progress worksheet thing. So basically, I gave myself an hour yesterday and I see its thing on that's my own intention for it though. Um, 
create for me that just unleashes other sides of me is poetry. I love writing poetry. Um, okay. Anyways, I think you can. I see you now. <laughs> so poetry would be fun and um, different ideas from people and imagine thought journeys with people just really breaks open doors and sharing opinions and all like even this conversation you know it, it, it expands other thoughts and ideas that weren't there before so it's really uh, a powerful way to also get creative definitely I, I love all those things of you know dancing moving your body you know painting and drawing and then poetry um, I've had a friend that's been wanting me to do like practice salsa lately so I'm like I'm getting more interested now from your conversation um but yes definitely try it out it's good yeah and I love what you said too about like just creative conversations and you know just being in these like communities and being able to have conversations like that sparks so many ideas and so much creativity and like really fill up your cup. So I think that's so important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So just last question, you know, where can people find you and do you have any new, you know, exciting offerings or anything to tell people about? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, people can find me at uh, Instagram would be the easiest one. I'm at um, A-N-A-P-A-U-L-A-M-U-N-O-Z. And I'm sure there'll be a link somewhere. Um, and then what I offer is one-on-one -on -one coaching. And um, I also do one-on-one -on -one experiences that are two-day long, customized for you. Absolutely magical. And uh, I the healing platform that connects uh, seekers, which would be most of our listeners, to amazing guides who can support them in their healing path. So it's really a platform that connects you with people. Well, if you resonated with any of the past or things like that, and you feel like you want more support, this can connect you with that can support you. And there's like hundreds of modalities and workshops and classes and things like that to go deeper within yourself. These guides on there are vetted and amazing and um, it's truly a, a wonderful platform and it's launching probably by the time this show is listening, it'll probably be live. And you can find this at and you can find us at www.inaura.com. And, and yeah, check it out and let me know if, you, if you're there. I'd love to hear from you. Amazing. Yeah, I was looking more into the intuitive healing platform and that sounds really amazing. 
um, and super exciting. So I definitely will be checking it out. Everyone check it out. Yeah. Links will be in the show notes. So good. Um, yeah, thank you so much. This was such um such a great, such a fun conversation. Yes, thank you. This was amazing. I really appreciate you and I appreciate your questions and what an amazing conversation. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much.